Howdy, boys and girls, and welcome back. Uh, it is the uh, we are approaching the final weekend of Major League Soccer's regular season. I'm really stoked about this because uh, Columbus uh, needs a win against Minnesota to hang on uh, and uh, secure a, um, a, a the, the final Eastern uh, MLS East playoff spot. Um, holding up Montreal to do that. Carly, do you think they, they can manage that? Um. What is this game of which you speak? I'm sorry, guys. I should probably uh, explain. We have reached the point um, where uh, my my uh, it's almost annual weekend where week where I hate college football and think it's <laughs> stupid and would rather talk about anything anything but. And um, surely you guys know why. Pardon me, Carla. Hello. Hi. How, how are you today? <laughs> I'm 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 doing apparently better than you are. <laughs> How are you? I'm, I'm better, uh, to, to, to refresh your memories. Um, I, I went to Purdue. I went to Purdue to watch that game in person yeah. last week and, um, had to wait until about halfway through the fourth quarter to see a touchdown by my team scored right in front of me, um, in the end zone where we were sitting. Uh, it was not a pleasant experience, but we'll, we'll, we'll get, I might have a thing or two to say about that, um, uh, but but look, I, I, no, I mean I, there was there was fun there was fun college football stuff last weekend, absolutely. Um, and uh, Carla, and I'm gonna I'm, I will let you I will let you start because um, your perspective on the weekend might perhaps be different than mine. Well, yeah, probably because um, <laughs> I didn't see a lot of college football this weekend. I, yeah, I will yeah. fully admit I, I was um, hanging out at our. Uh, the Nash Hack Weekathon, which mm -hmm. we just completed, um, mm -hmm. which was a rousing success. Um, nice. But I spent a lot of time in a uh, in a video studio, um, hanging out with you know seventy five of my favorite programming friends. Nice. Um, so it was a great weekend. But the only college football I really had on Saturday was I watched the end of game day um, mm -hmm. because that was an incredible scene in Pullman. We'll talk uh, about awesome. that in a minute. That was, that was a great one. That was fantastic. Um, so I saw the end of game day. I saw a, a part of the Michigan-Michigan State game until the rain delay. Mm -hmm. um, and then I watched a good chunk of your game on my iPad. Um, I will. I would like to personally apologize for that. Well, I, and, and I'll fully admit that at one point the game got so out of hand, I flipped over to Wazoo, Oregon because the game was closer. Um, and so I switched to that game for a bit. And then Can't blame you. Back. Yeah. Can't blame me. Um, so that was really the extent of the actual football that I watched okay. on Saturday. Um, but I still have one thing. And my one thing is, I think my summation of where the, the, the state of college football is right now mm -hmm. is Alabama clear one, mm -hmm. Clemson clear two, yeah. then field. Um, I, I, I really think that those two teams really have kind of played their way to a, to a point where they really are a neck above everybody else. And, and the difference between Alabama and Clemson is even quite monumental as well. Um, just on what I've seen. I mean, you know, I joked at the end of the show last week that, you know, take the over on Alabama alone, um, <laughs> 28 points at the end of the first quarter. Right. Sure. Um, right. you know, that Alabama team just looks, looks unstoppable at this point. Now we've seen Alabama teams do this before where they've looked unstoppable and then they do something silly, like lose the iron bowl. Um, could still happen, but sure. I mean, man, that that Alabama team looks good, and you know, we thought that Clemson NC State game was going to be close, and mm, not really. Um, that, that was that means maybe one of the, the the striking thing from last weekend uh, outside of outside of my game. Um, Clemson was really impressive. Yeah, um, and that's the strongest we've seen Clemson all year. You know, if if you put Alabama and Clemson on the same football field, I'm still going to take Alabama all day. Um, mm -hmm. 
but I, I think I think those two teams have really kind of positioned themselves ahead above everybody else. And I think last weekend was kind of that statement to 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 separate those two. We'll see. We, we still have several weeks to go. Mm-hmm. Um, first playoff rankings come out what next week? I think. Uh, um, yes. So so we'll we'll see what the committee thinks. But um, but that was kind of my big takeaway was that we're starting to see some delineation here um, yeah. with the quality of the teams. Yep. Yep. Um. I have a, there, okay. I'm, there, there's it's sort of two things. It's one one thing, and we're gonna. And there's sort of a micro and macro level here. Um, I, I've gotten a bit tired of of hearing Urban Meyer speak in his pre uh, post game uh, news conferences and say, "Well, there are problems, and we're gonna fix them." Um, and I'm 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 thinking he said the same thing uh, Saturday after after the loss at Purdue, and you know maybe this time I I hope he means it. Uh, because if if that team, if that team that I watched on Saturday night uh, in in West Lafayette, Indiana, uh, has to play Michigan State or Michigan, that's that's two losses. That's two losses, including a loss to Michigan at home in Columbus. Um, micro micro things, running game. Uh, Ohio State has the best two running backs in the league. Uh, and yet Ohio State is 69th in the country in rushing yards per game behind behind such notable power programs as Louisiana Lafayette, or excuse me, Louisiana Monroe, Buffalo, and UAB. Um, even Tulane and Oregon State, which Ohio State thumped both of those teams handily earlier in the season, yeah. um, they have better rushing numbers than, than, than my Buckeyes do. Uh, pass defense. Ohio State's given up almost 2,000 yards of passing so far this season. That is good for 109th in the country. We all knew, Ohio State fans, realistic Ohio State fans knew going into the season, linebacking is an issue, uh, uh, defensive backfield, young, talented, but really, really green. Um, Mm -hmm. I understand what the scheme is. I understand the scheme uh, man-to-man on the outside. So you have have strength for the pass rush. You have strength against the running game. Perhaps it's come time we need to protect those guys a little bit more and and play uh, some more zone. Um, I, I know that that hurts uh, an already depleted pass rush because Nick Bosa is not is not uh, is is done for this season and for the future. Uh, done period. But uh, that that might be something that the coaches need to look at. Uh, tackling this team either can't or won't. Um, that one is a coaching issue. Period, and 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 the coaches need to fix it. Uh, fortunately, we have a bye week, um, so maybe that can be addressed. But here's the here's the bigger thing. Um, and and I was talking with this, talking about this with my friend that we like, who who took me to the game um, in Purdue. Uh, there's a there's a really clear delineation between the games where urban was not on the field where he was suspended and the game since he's returned. Um, and, and, and it's not, and it's not, it's not, it's, it's not a happy distinction. Um, you, you guys will remember how, how pleased I was the first uh, three weeks of, of, of this season, uh, definitely with the offense, the defense had its problems. Um, uh, but, but uh, the front seven, Defensive line in particular was outstanding, um, and, and granted, you, you don't have Nick Bosa now. That's that that is a big loss, um, but it's just the, the feeling. I think those games and what has happened since 
every every single game since then has been a little bit of like, huh, that feels weird. The team isn't right. Um, and then there there are these rumors, um, stuff like uh, Urban was un, was really unhappy about the suspension. He's unhappy with the university. Uh, Urban isn't getting along with the athletic director. He was asked about that today, Tuesday yeah. this week. Uh, Urban isn't coming back after this season. Um, and I have to wonder. I, I have to think there's a connection between that stuff and 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 what's going on and the product we see on the field. Um, Urban hasn't faced a ton of adversity in his career. Um, he he sure didn't when he was head coach at Bowling Green. Um, you know the the job at Utah is a bigger deal, but not not you know like like what he experiences now. Look at what happened when the pressure got turned up when he was at Florida. Yep. Uh, you know, Saban shows up. Suddenly, that becomes a, suddenly a tough conference becomes a lot tougher. And, and what you got was one of the weirdest breakups that I've ever seen in all the years I've been watching college football. Um, and, and I tell you what, since since he came back after his suspension, um, the Ohio State has felt the same way to me. That that it is, and and, and I'm not I, I'm not the only one. I listened to uh, to uh, Feinbaum this afternoon. And Feinbaum flat out said, I think Urban is done after this year. Um, I, I Again, I, I, have, I have zero inside information. Don't know if those rumors are true, but I do know they are persistent. Um, and I do know that it feels like that, that is a, a drag, a, a, a weight, an anchor on what really should be a, a pretty good football team. Um, and just, but a team that is not living up to that uh, um that was my one thing, uh, one thing, parts one, parts two, part three, part four, part five. <laughs> should, should, we will, should, we, should we, should we toast after uh, that? I mean, come on. I, I need, I'm thirsty at least. I'm, yeah. um, okay. Ah, so we will see. Okay. Um, uh, you and I have our, our own games to talk about. Um, but before we do that, we're going to let, uh, AJ give us a chance on, on explaining, uh, something he's kind of down on the Pac-12 these days because the big conference out west, um, it seems to be more uh, bent on its annual cannibalism than than even than than normal. Um, yeah. But but AJ still has lots of stuff to talk about. And uh, AJ, go. Good evening, everybody. It's your buddy AJ with this week's Pac-12 After Dark report. And this week, it's not so much Pac-12 After Dark. I have honestly not talked a lot about the Pac-12 After Dark games because there haven't been a ton of them. Uh, I think Washington got through to ESPN that they should put their better games on during the day. Uh, so if I focus only on the 1030 Eastern slot, they haven't really been putting a ton of things on. Uh, that's actually for the best if you're a Pac-12 fan and you want Pac-12 football to be you know, seen by more than the people on the West Coast. Uh, but we have we have some games this week. There's a lot of group of five stuff in here, but I'm just going to get into it because there's so much to talk about. Thursday night, App State, Georgia Southern. Is this Pac-12 after dark? No. Is this Mountain West after dark? Mm-mm, no. This is Sun Belt in the evening. It's Fun Belt season, y'all. Uh, App State playing Georgia Southern. They are the top two teams in the Sun Belt East. They're on national television, so put your eyeballs on Sun Belt football. Uh, App State is just demolishing teams. It is almost absurd the amount uh, of uh, games they've put up. They're 3-0 and uh, in the conference. And they've given up 33 points combined. Uh, Georgia Southern's with them only giving up 
47 total. So these teams are absolutely putting hurts on people on defense. Um, and then they're putting up poor, they're putting up points on the opposite side of the football. They only, both teams only have one loss, and those losses are to teams in the top 20. Uh, App State had their uh, wonderful game where they went to overtime against Penn State. Really sorry about that, Carla. Sorry to bring that up, but that happened. And Georgia Southern got, just went to Clemson and got the uh, the snot beat out of them, thirty eight to seven. So they they know what they're doing. They know what their level is. Um, if you're a Power Five team and you're not in the top twenty, don't play App State. Don't do that. Don't play Georgia Southern. That's that's a recipe for getting rocked. That's a that's just a recipe for getting wrecked. So this game should be awesome. It's on a Thursday night. Um, you know, really really start the weekend with App State Georgia Southern. Uh, honorable mention to Baylor West Virginia, which is happening on the same night. That game will have a thousand points scored. Actually, it won't. It'll be under a hundred, but um, that game could be super fun. Friday night, Utah plays UCLA. In case you're looking to watch somebody scream, stop, stop, he's already dead. Uh, Utah beat the brakes off of USC, and UCLA isn't as good as, U- as USC, so <clears throat> don't do that. Uh, by the way, Utah's winning the Pac-12 South. I think that's pretty straightforward at this point. Saturday night, Oregon at Arizona. This is the Pac-12 after dark game of the week. Uh, Oregon comes off of getting, uh, comes off of, of Wazoo Day. Um there was no way they were winning that game. And only having, by the way, this is a key stat. With 2.59 left in the first half, Oregon had one. One singular yard of total offense. Just before halftime, you had gained more. You had only gained one yard less against Washington State than Oregon had. Congratulations. Uh, Oregon ends up throwing, uh, throwing up almost 300 total yards of offense in the second half. Surprise. Uh, but they just could not get it done against Wazoo. That game was that game was for for uh, for Washington State to win, um, and now they get to go to a place that's most inhospitable to Ducks, Arizona. Uh, Oregon does not go to Arizona well. Uh, I don't know what it is. Um, they go down to Arizona and they just they forget how to play offense. They don't uh, know what they're doing. Uh, so they they kind of go down there and things get weird. And uh, Kevin Sumlin and the Arizona Wildcats are looking for a much-needed win. They need a win against the name brand. They need a, I don't want to say a signature win, more of like a we correctly printed our name win. Because uh, Arizona has looked bad, legitimately bad, all year. Uh, Khalil Tate has not looked good. Um, they haven't really gotten anything going. Their defense isn't that good. They need something. And I think a wounded Oregon coming to a place where they don't play all that well uh, could do wonders for uh, for Arizona. I don't think this is the place for it. I think Oregon wins, but I think Arizona could maybe keep this one close if if past performance indicates future performance. Um, so <clears throat> remember at the end of last week's episode uh, or the, the end of last week's segment where I said, "Hey, this last week is chalk week. This week, buckle up, get in, kids." It's Hawaii at Fresno. It's Mountain West, West Division time. Both of those two teams, in fact, all four of the top teams in the Mountain West, West Division. There is a Mountain Division as well, in case you're wondering how creative this this naming standard is. Both teams, or all four teams, are playing each other this week. 
There's a lot of good football, and they're playing at the same time. So Hawaii at Fresno. Hawaii is on the slide after consecutive losses. I was really hoping they would beat Nevada and come into this game with no conference losses, and then Hawaii-Fresno undefeated teams playing each other. That's not the case. Uh, I'm hopeful that Hawaii gets it together. Um, by the way, if you haven't, uh, go find the national anthem played before the Hawaii game. It's beautiful. Uh, Uncle Willie K plays it on a ukulele. It's adorable and wonderful. Um, Fresno State might be the best G- group of five team in the country. Like, better than UCF, good. Um, they play incredible defense. Their running game is damn near unstoppable. So let's watch this game together. 10.30, uh, Hawaii. That, that game is on ESPN2. And then finally, also at 10.30, is San Diego State at Nevada. San Diego State pulled one out late against San Jose State, and now they face the Nevada team that beat Hawaii by 18 last week. Um, I really hope this isn't a letdown game for Nevada. Um, San Diego State has not necessarily pulled away from anybody. They're winning games 23-17, 20-14. They haven't really shown anybody that that they can go out and just beat a team, they go out and they win a game. You know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a different, you know, sort of realm than what Fresno and, and App State and Georgia Southern are doing where they're like, we're gonna win this game 40 to 7. There's not a thing you could do about it. Um I really hope that Nevada and San Diego State put on a good game. That game's on ESPNU. Uh if you are in the Reno, Nevada area, tickets are as low as $14. Uh, and if I lived in the Reno area, I would absolutely be at this game. Um, so watch Mountain West football, watch Sunbelt football. This might turn into the Group of Five report. Uh, the Pac-12 is kind of butts this year. So I might just turn this into the Group of Five thing because I love watching these Group of Five teams just kind of go at it. They know that there's no playoff at the end of this rainbow, no matter how well they play. So uh, this has been your Group of Five After Dark <laughs> report of the week. Uh, My name's AJ. Uh, Spoiler up. Sorry, crappy. Thanks for uh, for that, AJ. Also, um, you're fired. Okay. All right. Um, Now, our games. Actually, (laughs) before we get to our games, something we we did not do last weekend, but we started a couple weeks before that. Uh, Oh, God, would someone please beat Notre Dame already? Carla, Notre Dame is hosting Navy. Is there any chance, yes or no, that Navy can beat Notre Dame? No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Just, but, you know, it, it, Navy, if you want, that'd be awesome. We would, we would really appreciate it. Um, our first official game, number nine, Florida <laughs> at number seven, Jordan. I'd skip. No, this sort of at. I think it's officially an at, but it's at Jacksonville, uh, the the annual site of the world's largest cocktail party. Georgia is favored by seven. Um, Carla, other than than a lot of uh, drinks, um, what do you think is going to happen with this one? Gosh, you know, you think you know these two teams, and then you know, and then we really don't. Um, you know, it's just yeah. Other than a lot of drinks, you know, my my husband made an interesting point this morning that mm. um, this will actually be a more hostile environment in a fifty fifty split than when they their last game when they were at Vanderbilt, which was actually like seventy thirty Florida fans. Um, <laughs> probably, but probably. yeah, but uh, but I digress. Um. Here's the thing. I'm I'm getting real sick of picking against Florida and having them win. Um, I'm st- I'm still not convinced that Florida is that good of a football team. Like I said, you know, I broke down Frank's last week, and I'm not all that impressed right. um, by him. But 
darn hell, they keep winning football games. Um, and and Georgia has looked great all the way through this year, and then they go and just flat out lay an egg against LSU. Um, and you know, Jake Fromm is you know we talked about this last week. Jake Fromm was saying that that LSU was disguising coverages and that he was just totally baffled by this defense. And Georgia is getting ready. They're in the middle of their toughest stretch of their schedule. Mm-hmm. They lost to LSU. They've got the cocktail party this weekend. Then they have to go to Kentucky and then host Auburn mm-hmm. in consecutive weeks. That's a brutal stretch in the SEC this year. Um, and even though you'd be like, Kentucky, really? Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, there's the Kentucky's got a shot at winning the East, believe it or not. Um, you know, so so there's some some real um tough games still left on on georgia's schedule this is really florida's last real test of the year um they they play mizzou south carolina idaho 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 sorry potato bowl um (laughs) and then and then florida state which a rivalry game crazy things can happen on rival rivalry week i missed it um for the first time (laughs) this year um so crazy things can happen in rivalries. Yeah, I guess you got lots of time to practice. Uh, yeah, we, we got, got, we, got a, we got a month. Got a month. Yeah, I put the cue ball back in my mouth and we'll go. Um, <laughs> so this is Florida's last real test, and you've got to think that they're looking at this saying, "If we win this game, we control our destiny in the East." Yep. I mean, this is essentially barring Kentucky kind of mucking things up, which could happen. Um, they've been doing that so far. Yeah, they have, and if they beat Georgia, then suddenly. I think they win the East um, if they if they beat Georgia because their losses to a team in the West. Right. Um, so I think that that gives them the East title. So you know, Florida saying we control our destiny if we win this game, we've got a really good shot of winning the East um, and then getting absolutely destroyed by Alabama. But that's a whole other question. But so offensive defensive numbers you look at that between these two teams really really similar on paper which is kind of crazy because we we like to think that georgia's offense is really prolific and mm-hmm. florida's offense is kind of eh. um but their numbers are nearly identical um georgia has more a, a few more offensive total yards and fewer yards given up on defense so i mean on paper you kind of think that georgia's the better team and i really I, heading into this week i would have picked georgia in this game uh-huh. um but like I just said, I'm real tired of picking Florida and, and losing or, or picking against Florida and, and watching them win games that, you know, so th- this is just a total gut pick. Mm-hmm. There's no reason Florida should win this game. Georgia's the better team. Georgia has the experience. Georgia's got the better quarterback. They're giving up fewer points per game um, by a little bit. Um, they're scoring more points per game by a little bit. And so you got to think if Georgia rebounds, they're going to win this game. But darn it all. I'm taking Florida because until go back to the, the Stanford postulate, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm tired of picking against them and having them and having them win. Yeah. Um, Florida wins and it's a crazy game. Okay. Okay. Here's a, here's a reason. Here's a reason to pick Florida. Um, going with a hot hand, going with a hot hand. Uh-huh. You and I, you and I noticed the same thing. Okay. Uh, although I think Georgia has very, very slight, uh, advantages. If, if you're looking at numbers, they're really, really close. Um, you, yeah, you, and I, you and I have talked about uh, Florida's offense. You and I have made fun of Florida's offense a whole bunch that this season. Total yards per game. Florida is averaging 408. Georgia is averaging 461. Mm-hmm. Scoring offense. Florida 34 points a game. Georgia 39. Yep. Statistically significant, but Barely. Defense. Defense is this, the story is the same. Florida gives up 323 yards and 16 points a game. Georgia gives up 310 and uh, 16, 16 points, points per game. Again. Yep. <laughs> so what do you do? 
you look at the hot hand. Since that loss to Kentucky, Georgia has improved week by week. Not not just uh, not just like win loss record, and those have been wins since then. Um, but this team has gotten better marginally sometimes, but with, from week to week. Georgia Georgia looked like an awesome team at the start of the season, but man, they took a step back. Jake Fromm took a big step back against LSU. Yeah. Um, if 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 if, st- if statistically stuff is that close, go with hot hand, and that's Florida. Boom, that's that's that that's again uh, Georgia's Georgia's uh, looks to be the better team across the board, but I I kind of pick Florida here. So that's wow, we're on the same way. We are both point. losing our rational college football minds this week. I, <laughs> I don't know my 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 college football brain is so tired. <laughs> Saturday. Um, next up, we have number eighteen Iowa at number seventeen Penn State. Penn State is favored at home by six. How are your Nittany Lions going to do this weekend, Carla? You know, this is funny because this is one of those games that makes me want to drink a whole lot of beer. Because just when you just when you think that um that things can't get any more interesting for the Nittany Lions. You welcome the Hawkeyes at home at in the evening. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, this is maybe not necessarily the best timing in the world for this game. <laughs> um, so, so here's the thing. Penn State was handed a huge gift by Purdue this week. Mm-hmm. Um, because now all of a sudden, if Penn State can simply beat Michigan, which I'm not sure they can, but if Penn State can beat Michigan – they're back in the thick of things in the Big Ten East because then you'll have one of those weird round robin things where, you know, um, who's beaten whom, who's beaten whom, and, and you get in that circular thing, and then suddenly they're back in the, in the conversation. So you've got you've to hope that that gives this team some life because, man, they have looked absolutely dead the last three weeks. Um, they, you know, after after fourth, fourth and five, the, the, like, it, like Penn State broke down at fourth and five. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the Ohio State game. Like after that happened, they they just looked completely flat against Michigan State. They had to eke out a win at Indiana. Now, again, we've talked about Indiana ad nauseum, that they're a team that likes to throw wrinkles and just kind of, you know, hangs around in games that they have no business really being in. And they did that again this week. Um, Penn Most State- annoying team of the Big Ten. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> darn those Hoosiers. Um, so. This is when we get to find out, and and just like you kind of ranted on the whole Urban Meyer thing, this is when I get to rant just a little bit on James Franklin and Please say, do. did we learn anything from Michigan State? Because if you look at the numbers between Michigan State and Iowa, mm-hmm. same thing we just talked about with, with Georgia-Florida, almost identical. You yeah. have a really, really, really good Iowa team coming in that has the number two rush defense in the country tied with Michigan State. <sighs> um, and so... It's essentially you're playing a mirror image of who you played two weeks ago, and we all know how poorly that went. So this is another Iowa team that um, will probably bottle up Miles Sanders. You have to bank on that with them being so good against the run. This is going to come down to you know what McSorley can do on on offense. Here's you know I start looking at numbers. Iowa's offense is number is 76th in the country, which makes you go, oh okay, well maybe this is going to be fine. That's still a better offensive ranking than Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So not only are you playing an e- equal, equally tough defense, you're playing a better offense. Mm-hmm. Um, none of this looks really, really good for a Penn State team, especially with a defense that is just not the typical Penn State defense. If you look at the numbers, they gave up over 550 yards to Indiana last week. Um, 
it they're they're 71st in total defense, 36th in scoring defense, 74th in rush defense, and 68th in pass defense. Those are numbers you don't hear right. when it comes to a Penn State defense. Right. We will find out. I, honestly, I almost want to pick against my Nittany Lions, but I think in this case. I think Purdue giving them life again in the East might be just enough motivation to go out and win this game, but they, they need to light a fire under something to get something going offensively because, I mean, this it, it, they've just been flat, and this is a prime opportunity for them. If they lose this game, it's over um, for, for them. They'll have three losses in the conference. It's yeah. not going to, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. they're done if they lose this game, and I was darn good. So um, we'll see what... James Franklin, we're watching you. <laughs> no, no pressure, Coach. Go win this um, game. I seem to, I seem to sense, uh, sense some of the angst um, that I'm that I referenced when I, I wrote my notes for for the show. Uh, it, it says right here. It says many of my Penn State friends are feeling angsty after the win at Indiana last weekend. Um, I, I first off, I, I would suggest that you just be happy that you got out of the state of Indiana with a win, because that's. Not an automatic thing. Um, and second, and second of all, I think that there, if there are issues in Happy Valley, I would say they are great issues, but perhaps not elite issues. That's a joke, guys. And I, and I just relax. It's a joke. Um, look, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really confident about this game, and and I'm, I have the benefit of of looking at this not through a fan's eyes, but but as someone who's just uh, you know watching the, watching what happens at the conference. Um, you discussed. Iowa's a good team. Um, they uh, they are they are big. They are strong. The defense is unreal. Uh, if this game was in Iowa City, I would take a harder look at it. There's no question. Um, equally equally uh, confident. Penn State's better. Um, they're playing at home. And, and as you said, I suspect the Lions have a fresh dose of hope and motivation with Ohio State's loss. Um, you, you can you can get to to the Eastern Conference, the Eastern uh, the, the Eastern Championship, maybe maybe even get to the playoff from there. Um, I think that stuff adds up uh, to to making sure that, uh, that the Penn State is the pick in this game. Um, you and I have a West Coast game to talk about. Uh, that is on number fourteen Washington State at uh, excuse me number fourteen Washington State at number twenty four Stanford. Tree is favored at home by three. What do you think? Well, that's the that's the home line there. So this is a, it is, this it, is, is awesome. it is. Yep. Um, so <laughs> we we talk a lot about strength on strength in mm -hmm. this as we're talking about breaking down these games. We say that a lot. Um, at least from what I'm seeing here, and based on what I've seen on the field over the last couple of weeks, this is mm -hmm. a strength on weakness game. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm. I'm really kind of surprised that Stanford is favored in this game for a number of reasons. Well, first of all, you know, like I, I said well, before we started the show, um, that I um, I was watching your your Ohio State uh, game on Saturday and then switched over to Wazoo Oregon because it was actually a better game. Um, and essentially, I I, I watched uh, Gardner Minshew. Um, Bless you. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. I, I, I watched him kind of tear up that that Oregon defense offensively. This is the number one passing offense in the country, which is kind of crazy to think about because normally you would think about an Oregon being, you know, a, a crazy offense or, you yeah. know, um, maybe, I don't know, maybe even 
you know, an, uh, an ACC team, a Clemson or something, you know, being sure. leading, um, not Wazoo. Um, and so y- you have the number one passing offense in the country. Minshew's thrown 23 touchdown passes you- already this season. Thank you. Um, and, you know, 473 yards per game, uh, 40.7 points per game. Um, going on the road against the Stanford defense, that gives up a ton of yards. Um, they do. They do. <laughs> I, was, I was not aware until I started looking, but they do. Yeah, this is a this is a Stanford defense that gives up over 400 yards a game, and they're 98th in the country on pass defense. <laughs> I, I I don't understand how Stanford is favored in this game because of those two things. Um, you know, it's unless you know there's there's one thing here, and that is you have to go back if you look at the way that USC beat Wazoo. Mm-hmm. USC beat Wazoo. They had to come back in the second half to do it. And it was a special teams play that ignited them. It was a blocked field goal in the third quarter that kind of swung the momentum back to the Trojans. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then you have to look and see, like, is there anything that Stanford can do? You know, Bryce Love has been hurt. He, you don't really know what his status is going to be. And that, that really, really hurts them. And they're actually like next to last in the country in rush yards right now, um, which is crazy. I mean, yeah. you've got Bryce Love on your team, but I mean, if he's hurt, that's what happens. Um, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, so so Stanford beat Arizona State last week doing one thing, and that is playing keep away. Mm-hmm. They just owned the time of possession, and they just held on to the football, and that's how they beat Arizona State. That's how they're going to have to beat Washington State because if the only way they're going to be able to keep up with them is if they just play keep away and just hold on to that football and try to you know keep the time of possession um, way in their favor, but. I don't know. I I really like Wazoo in this game. Um, I just, I, I statistically, it just makes sense. I, I'm I'm gonna go Cougs. Okay, okay. Um, listen, I, I, I first Tree. I would I would like to speak with with Tree. Um, I, I had high hopes for you this season. I, I yes, I, I picked Washington to make the playoff from the Big Twelve. But you're my you're my West Coast Big Ten wannabe team, and your yeah. and your mascot is awesome. Um, and your band is awesome. A band, band equally awesome. The the loss to Notre Dame doesn't look so bad these days. Right. Um, you, you have really good company there. But the loss the following week to Utah. Uh, ouch. Um, and sure that you, you probably mentioned the bounce back win, uh, at, at, at Arizona state. Uh, but that, that wasn't, that wasn't impressive. That was, it was like 21, 14. Um, and it really was, it's like, we're, we're, it's, we're going to play four corners and keep the ball as long as possible. And that's the only way we can get out of here with a win. Wazoo on the other hand, um, took its first ever college game day appearance last weekend and absolutely ran with it. Um, yeah. uh, they, they, they thumped Oregon. Uh, which uh, incidentally made AJ's kids very happy, even though they couldn't stay up to watch the whole game or uh, any of the game, maybe. Um, after the, the loss to USC a month ago, the Cougs have won three straight, and it just it, it just feels like they're on a roll, um, yeah. even if even before you get in this into the statistical things. And here, statistical things. If you try to tell me about the uh, the Cougars having a, a defensive liabilities, I'm going to come back at you with this, Carla. You mentioned this points allowed per game. Stanford twenty, Washington State twenty three yards allowed per game. Stanford four oh five, yeah. Washington State three hundred thirteen. Cougs win. 
Cougs win. Sorry, Tree. Um, boys and girls, you can watch the Carlin Crappy Show for the duration of the college football season, which is sort of coming down to it here um, by searching Carla and Crappy Show on YouTube or on Facebook. If you per prefer to have Carla and Crappy in your earbuds, you'll find the podcast version at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn, as well as on your favorite social channels. Um, if you like the show, please rate and view. If you don't, mind your own damn business. Carla, any final thoughts? Um, there's a game happening this week that we probably all had circled at the beginning of the season, and now all of a sudden it's just completely flying under the radar because nobody cares. Hmm. What would that be? Clemson, Florida State. Why the hell are we making? Why is? Why did we pick that game? Oh, right. <laughs> oh, right. Right. Yeah. Um. Although I will say this, and and we you know we kind of mentioned this last week, but this is this is a legit spot for Clemsoning. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> this is, this is, if, one we, if we did, if we, if we did a, Oh God, someone, somebody please, please comes Clemson. This would, this would be one you would pin your hopes on. Yeah. Um, so Clemson do what you're supposed to do. This is a game that you should win easily. Yes. Um, you, you know, but yeah, it's just, it's funny, funny how fickle the football gods are, right? You know, here we are and nobody cares about Clemson, Florida state. That's, that is crazy. Um, me, I am picking uh, Columbus to beat Minnesota and uh, ensure they get that final playoff spot um, and uh, and advance into the MLS playoffs. That's that's what I'll be hoping for. Red Guys, Sox um, and Dodgers. If we're changing sports, Sox. Red Sox, Dodgers. Sox? Sox. Sox. Yeah, Sox. me too. Sox. I'm an American League guy mostly. Um, Guys, thank you very much for watching. And Carla, thank you. Yep, thanks as always. Cheers. Enjoy, enjoy the football this weekend. I'm going to try to not enjoy the football this weekend. I, I'm still not feeling. I'm still not feeling it. Um, well, maybe, maybe by next week, uh, I'll, I'll be better. We'll, we'll see how that goes when, when, when the first college football playoff rankings show up. That will help. <laughs> that will help a lot. I am sure. Um, guys, thank you very much for watching. We will see you back there here for those next week. Have a good one.